You're listening to The Blind Stealing the Blinds, a podcast by students of the game for students of the game. Join Dell and BJ in conversations about poker theory and bridging the gap between theory and application. We're all in this together. This week's topic, improving your sleep to improve your performance on and off the felt. We're joined this week by Molly McLaughlin, the creator of Sleep is a Skill and the host of the Sleep is a Skill podcast. Sleep is a Skill is a company that optimizes people's sleep through a unique blend of technology, accountability, and behavioral change. After navigating insomnia while traveling internationally, she created what she couldn't find, a place to go to learn the skill set of sleep. With a background in behavioral change from the nonverbal group, she became fascinated with chronobiology and its practical application to sleep and our overall experience of life. Knowing the difference between a life with and without sleep, she's now dedicated her life to sharing the forgotten skill set of sleep. Molly, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me here, BJ. Very, very grateful. So I'm really grateful to you for all the help that you provided me in the Sleep Reset course that I did about a year and a half ago. And we did mention on the podcast previously, for those who are longtime listeners, when we had our episode about your health in poker, that you're instrumental in helping transform my relationship to sleep and my sleep hygiene. And I wanted to have you on the show because sleep forms the foundation of so much of our lives, yet we Americans and most poker players specifically tend to give it short shrift. And you can't expect to be a winning poker player if you're a losing sleeper. So I'm hoping that we can have a conversation to persuade our audience to take their sleep seriously and maybe give them some tools and tricks. They're not really tricks, they're tools. <laughs> give them a skill set yes. to really up-level their sleep. And in the intro, you had mentioned that you had insomnia that was bad enough when you're home, but you had insomnia when you're traveling abroad. So I was wondering if maybe we could talk about your story for a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, my story is helpful because it gives context to the fact that uh, I, for many years, part of my story is that for many years, I had a lot of labels in the realm of my sleep. I said, uh, I'm a bad sleeper. I'm a short sleeper. I'm a night owl. I then went into, I'm an extreme night owl. <laughs> so I had a lot of those labels. And then it would also go into this uh, conversation of, oh, it's in my genes. Listen, it's fixed. That's just how it is. And there's nothing to really look at. I also didn't correlate as I would have more and more of these behaviors getting more extreme as I was going to bed even later and later. And I would be justified and righteous because I would say, well, I can make my own hours, uh, you know, entrepreneur in, in Manhattan. Uh, I'm just going to wake up later. It's not a big deal. And I didn't notice or correlate when I was getting sick more and more often. I was getting anxious more and more often. I even had shingles at one point. Some of these signs that something was not right. And it wasn't until I went through that period of insomnia that you mentioned, and this was while traveling internationally, my fiance and I had these you know, lofty goals. We thought we were going to be the Tim Ferriss of travel and do the digital nomad thing. So we put all of our stuff in storage. We bought a one-way ticket. And yet at the same time, the stress was through the roof, uh, got these businesses, got these employees, got all these things moving and things are just not working. And how that all manifested for me was I couldn't sleep. And what it looked like at the, you know, at some of its lowest points was I was in um, Croatia and went in with Google Translate and I'm like, help, I can't sleep. And I walk out with a prescription for their version of Ambien 
And in that moment, it was very clear, like, uh, all right, uh, I need help. I need to figure this out. Is this my life? Like, am I going to be taking these things indefinitely? What is this lead for me? What, you know, and also just a sense of disempowerment that something so what you would think would be basic or innate, I can't seem to do. And, and so from that place, it actually was one of oddly the best things that ever happened to me because it actually um, spurred this kind of quest to not only restore this area, but then start to look at what could be possible from this place of uh, not only getting to homeostasis, but optimization in the realm of my sleep and my health. And what got created was now, you know, sleep is a skill. We have, we work with people individually. Then we have, we're launching small group trainings. We've got, you know, podcasts, weekly newsletters. Now we're in hotels, luxury hotels. We're in uh, Casa Cipriani in Manhattan. You know, lots of cool things have sort of evolved from this place. So no matter where someone that's listening is at with their sleep, and even if they say, no, my sleep's fine. I am here to kind of speak to the fact that no matter where you're at, there's an opportunity to up-level. It strongly resonates with me when you say, a lot of people will say their sleep is fine. Yeah, absolutely. Poker players are curious specimens. We excel in rationalizing bad decisions. We didn't play a bad (laughs) poker hand. We got sucked out on the river. Let's ignore the fact that we never should have been in the hand in the first place. We made bad decision after bad decision, just one after another. And then we back away from it and say, wait, wait, it's not my fault. They did something. The deck hit me. I was unlucky. We bemoan our fate to terrible suck out. So even though you mention some people might say, oh, my sleep is fine. I bet half the people who say their sleep is fine, it's not fine. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering, how could we encourage the listeners to come to grips with the raw reality that their sleep might need work? You were in a unique place when you were abroad and you got like the foreign version of Ambien. And that was, no pun intended, your wake-up call of, hey, I need... Yes. And it's not just challenging enough to realize that you need that wake-up call, but it's even more challenging when you sought solace and there wasn't any, so you had to go and create your own. Well, now now you've blazed that trail for us, and I know you blazed that trail for me, and I was a benefactor of that with the Sleep Reset. So again, thank you. But how can we get our listeners, how can we get our audience to really come to grips with whether their sleep really is or is not good? Yeah, well, good. Uh, Really fantastic points. And I also uh, really acknowledge you for being someone that's willing to take a look at your own sleep and then really take it to the next level. And it's not as if you were, you know, dealing with uh, you, you had found areas in your sleep that weren't working over the years that you've shared about. And from that place, you continued to look from kind of an athlete's mindset at what you could up level. So I think there's some really amazing things of wisdom that we can learn from that example. And to that conversation, one, speaking to the person that might be listening, say, come on, sleep. I mean, it's fine. I can sleep. You know, a lot of people have a lot of things. They'll say, I can sleep anywhere. That's not for me. Oh, go talk to my, my mother or this other person. But I'm hopeful that one of the things that I've seen is that with the advent of more and more consumer grade wearable tech that can really be helpful and eye opening for people when they start tracking and say, oh, well, I thought I was a good sleeper. And yet now here are these things that are really clearly not working or not optimal or that I could improve. So one, if you are listening, I hope that one of the first things that could be a takeaway is to explore some of these different trackers that are on the market. We do have people wearing the Aura Ring, no financial affiliation, just that's one of the things that, you know, we have people wearing. There's also the Whoop Band, there's the BioStrap, 
There's a Fitbit, there's Apple Watch to a degree, there's a Muse headband, there's lots of different trackers that you could begin to take a look and just assess what are your numbers. You know, many of us don't have an awareness of what our total sleep is, what are the timing, what time are we going to bed, what time are we waking up, is it consistent seven days a week? If, you know, many poker players listening often can fall into, not always, but often can fall into the realm of kind of an inconsistency or roller coaster in their sleep scheduling, especially if playing tournaments or online poker, what have you. So this is an area that even from that place alone, you know, getting more of those habits in place can be so transformative. But the other thing I would say too, is just more and more information has been coming out in recent years. It's really exciting for this topic of sleep, getting some of its due credit, if you will. So one has been a number of large scale studies looking at some possible correlation between sleep deprivation and neurodegenerative issues. So looking at Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia, and uh, area of life that we might have had some concern about, but we might not have known or understood that we could do things in advance. And we're talking 30 years or more in advance to help kind of set us up powerfully. And we're finding that that can make, a, it appears, can make really a tremendous difference in helping to stave off any of those concerns. But even on the short term, if we're thinking about poker and being able to cognitively perform over an extended period of time, this is going to be one of the best nootropics that you could possibly take. I know many of us are looking to and take by meaning taking charge of this area because many of us want to hear, and this is what I get questions around, what's the supplement? What's the this? What's the this? What are these external things? And this one practice can make all the difference and really setting you up for a strong foundation to then be able to layer in all those other optimization elements. I love how you mentioned a lot of the tech, the wearable tech, and not all of it needs to break your budget. Yeah. I personally wear an Aura Ring no. and the Aura Ring, yep. hashtag not a sponsor, but the Aura Ring yes. is on the pricier <laughs> side of the health monitoring sure. gadgets. Fitbits are not expensive. Yeah. Apple Watches are not really that expensive. And we know that what doesn't get measured doesn't get done or doesn't get improved. Mm -hmm. And as poker yeah. players, we like to talk about hand histories with our communities. We like to bounce our decision process off others so we can get that feedback. It's difficult to get feedback on how well we sleep because we're busy sleeping and we're kind of unconscious. Yeah. So we kind of need an external reality. We need an external source of validation on whether we sleep well or not. So I'm glad that you mentioned those wearables. It's definitely helpful. Aside from the wearables, and you mentioned you yep. mentioned a number of techniques that we can use, delaying your, not delaying, moving up your mealtime, sleeping consistency, yep. sleep the same, like get up the same time every day, regardless if it's a weekend or weekday. What would you say are maybe some of the easier things that players could accommodate into their lives that might give them a big bang for their buck? They're not overly complicated. Yep. They might be quick. I don't want to say quick fixes, but, you know, lifestyle changes that aren't overly cumbersome. Sure, absolutely. Well, for one, a context to stand by what approach or framework are you taking with this? I would say one thing that we bring in is something called circadian rhythm entrainment. Now, that might sound like a fancy series of words, but essentially we might be familiar with the concept of our circadian rhythm, this 24-hour rhythm that we operate on. And the interesting thing about this is that it exists on a spectrum. So you might already, you might hang out more on the more weaker side of your circadian rhythm. 
or there's a possibility of moving closer to this stronger side and we can, it's dynamic, it can push and pull. So examples of someone that might be exhibiting a strong circadian rhythm can be the friend that you, you know, you go out with and they still, no matter what goes on the night before, they wake up at the exact same time each morning. They're eating around the same times. They get sleepy around the same times. It's just there's consistency and it's really built in and it seems to be quite strong. That's really what we're looking to cultivate. So from that place, how do we set this up? So circadian rhythm entrainment is looking at that there are a number of things that exist in our environment or behaviors that inform the body of what time it is and what to do when. So they're known as uh, zeitgeibers, and it really means just time givers. So the first most important time giver that we have out of chronobiology, really the science of time and how that affects your biology, is light. And so light is the most impactful for setting and resetting this clock day in, day out. And then, so what that would look like, so the most important takeaway is every single day we want to be setting ourselves up to get outside each morning known as sunlight anchoring. So on the first half of the day, you're getting that sunlight exposure into your eyes. So not wearing sunglasses, not wearing hats or anything that would impede that. And not just from behind a window. Windows are helpful as, com- as compared to just, you know, a windowless room. But it's actually in studies seems to take 50 to 100 times longer to reset your master clock if you're behind that window. So getting yourself outside Even if you're in your car and rolling down the window can be kind of a physics hack uh, to change that spectrum of light. So you're getting that full spectrum versus uh, having it kind of divorced from some of those elements that will inform the body of what time it is. So first doing that, do know that where you fall on the globe, you might have to have longer periods of time or shorter periods of time of usually longer of being outside based on what time of season it is. So if you're in a northern part of the globe and certainly certain times of the year, you might need to find yourself making much more time allocation to get outside. If you are in a situation where for whatever reason, you're sick in bed or whatever, and you can't get yourself outside, there are things like the spurty lamp, again, no affiliation, that will help with production of vitamin D, but it's still not going to necessarily replace the very important element of getting that sunlight. So that's the most important one. And you want to do that consistently each morning. And then in alignment with that, so on the flip side of light is darkness. So then the second element that you'd want to make sure you're kind of aligning with is post-sunset, then shifting over to a very, very dim lighting into total darkness while you're sleeping. Now, if you are a poker player and you have variable schedule, you're kind of akin to a shift worker. And so with that, there's that can be really challenging on the body. There can be a lot of ill implications as far as our health. It's listed as a possible carcinogenic as to be a shift worker by the World Health Organization. So, you know, just knowing that as much of that consistency that you can carve into your day is going to be really, really important. But if you are having that variable schedule, it's even more important for you to get connected to how can I on my own schedule kind of co-create what we normally have in nature, which is that sunrise and sunset. And then underneath the lighting and darkness piece is temperature. So that's the second most important time giver, but that comes about in a lot of different interesting ways. So one, of course, there's the ambient temperature that we know, you know, we'd like to have your ambient temperature higher during the day and lower at night. This kind of helps be akin to what would have been happening for living outside in nature. The sun would be out, it'd be warmer. And then when it goes down, then it's markedly cooler and dark. So those signals for thousands of years wired into our biology have told us what time to it is and what to be doing when, what hormones to be releasing, and to really make this more automatic so we don't have to think about it. 
So with that temperature, then nestled underneath that is are things that we might be doing that can affect our body temperature. Of course, maybe one thing that can obviously come to mind is movement, exercise. That's going to often bring up our body temperature, our heart rate. Strategically, if we can put that into our day, for many people on the earlier side, there is strategy though around for muscle kind of warmth and what have you, doing it more in the afternoon. So you can kind of play with that depending on what your goals are. But certainly ideally within sunrise and sunset versus trying to do that on a blue lit gym at you know 8 p.m. at night or whatever, then so that will affect your body temperature. Meal timing and type, depending on the types of foods that you're eating. We do have a lot of clients wearing continuous glucose monitors because if you are having instability in that glucose and rising and falling, that can create more of a heat. You know, your body temperature can go up and that can be counter to what we're looking to produce or create in going to sleep. And then in alignment with that, then there's a number of other things we can get into that also further can affect that temperature system. And then those cues that tell us what time um, we should be going to bed in alignment with our goals. Thank you. Thank you for those. That's a good list of Zeitgebers to follow. So light, darkness, exercise, meal timing, meal type, those seem to have good bang for the buck in terms of what to do. And yes. I can and that temperature too. Temperature, for sure. yes. Temperature. Yeah, as much as you can. So, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, well, again, that's not big deal. I put my temperature onto whatever seventy-two at night. We're good." But even that, we can improve upon. And ideally, for in a number of studies, of course, there's bioindividuality. But bringing our temperature down into ideally the mid sixties for many people, and then for others. We also often suggest we're using a cooling mattress pad like Chili mattress pad or 8 mattress or any of those can also be really helpful in improving both that ability to fall asleep and stay asleep. I can personally attest to each and every one of those Zeitgebers because you helped walk me through those a year or so ago when I did the sleep reset. And it had a transformative effect, not just on my life in general, but also the quality of my poker playing, which then went to finance my real estate investments. So not only do I have time to podcast and create a poker website and do real estate investing, but overall, I'm happier, I'm healthier, my family is happier and healthier because I was grumpy McFrowny pants like all the time. <laughs> I'm glad that you're able to share those zeitgebers with the audience. If people want to explore more deeply into how they can improve their sleep, what next steps could they take? Maybe reach out to you. Yes, absolutely. Well, one, thank you so much for sharing that story. You're such an uh, inspiration for people, and I know there's more to come with you and all that you're taking on. So it's incredible to be a part of that. And then if people are looking to, maybe they've listened and they've said, okay, all right, maybe I could explore more of the sleep topic. Or if they're saying, oh, I know my sleep is not great and I want to improve it. A couple steps that we offer at Sleep is a Skill. So it's sleepisaskill.com. And there, there's a lot of different steps you can take. One, we have a sleep assessment. So the sleep assessment, as you fill that out, you'll get auto response of email back that it's kind of tailored to what you're dealing with, with some resources there. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. And we are, I think, like 167 or something issues deep into that every Monday. So we aim for that to be one of the most obsessive sleep newsletters on the planet is our goal there. And then beyond that, you can sign up for a weekly podcast to get free information from different sleep experts. So we really aim to provide practical takeaways in each episode so that you can begin, you know, really practicing and hopefully have fun with this topic of improving these areas for yourself. 
And then we also have a free PDF optimized bedroom that you can download as well. 18 strategic tips to improve your sleep environment, high tech, low tech things that you can bring in. So lots of different free resources. And if you then are struggling or curious, we do work with people both one-on-one and in small group. And we do require the use of a sleep tracker to really bring in that kind of accountability and shifts in those behaviors so that they're coming from kind of that observer effect. So the more we can know that one, we're observing our own performance, but then also we have kind of partnership in other uh, people that are also seeing our performance too. So that tends to really transform how we behave in the long run. Excellent. Thank you for those resources. Really appreciate it. While I'm sorry to hear that you could not find the solace that you sought when you were struggling with your sleep, I want to thank you for creating that solace for myself and for others. We spend a third of our life sleeping or struggling to sleep well. So the fact that you and your company and your podcast and your products are helping to revolutionize our relationship around one third of our lives is transformative. That's fantastic. Uh, Well, thank you so much for saying that and for your enthusiasm and commitment in this area. And, you know, I think my hope that we leave this sentiment that sleep really is a skill in our modern society and that there are so many things that we might not even be aware of that we're doing that might be impeding our results or hindering our results in this area. So by bringing about this kind of, you know, beginner's mindset to this thing that we do all the time can help really shed new light and new actions. You know, I know we alluded to some things today, but there's so many more from the realm of different caffeine Uh, alcohol, THC, uh, elements that we might be doing day to day or supplements, uh, different drugs we might be taking. All of those can influence our sleep as well as also getting into the more esoteric realms of like thought timing and stress management. And and I say esoteric, but just often challenging to manage or get a sense of that that's really playing a role until we start logging and interrupting some of those habits. So there's lots of areas that might be surprising for people where it might bring in like red light therapy, cold therapy, heat therapy, all of these different things that really can shift your results. So I think it can be a fun angle at self-development in a lot of ways. It will be a fun angle. And it's a fun journey that I hope all of our listeners take because I think we can all benefit from a better night's sleep. So Molly, thank you so much yes. for joining me on the show today. It's been a pleasure having you. Oh, well, thank you so much. This makes me so happy to just witness all that you're developing, you know, in your own life with your podcast and all the difference that you're making for people. So I know that this is really just the beginning and there's so much more to come. And so I really just appreciate you taking the time and creating this forum. So it's really, really fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. And until next week, try to find some Zeitgeibers that you want to improve in your life. This has been The Blind Stealing the Blinds, a podcast by students of the game for students of the game. If you haven't already done so, consider subscribing. And when you're not counting your chips, take a moment to leave the guys a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get yours. 